0: I'm hoping that when we come out of this, that one, we've come out smarter. Uh, we've come out with our customers understanding and realizing it's not just lip service when we say that we're in that we're with you. I feel that any of our customers, I don't necessarily look at them as just customers. I look at them as partners, and that their success is our success. If you're not thriving, you're having issues. Then guess what? So are we. Let us roll up our sleeves, and let's figure this out together.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Lady Business Podcast Season 3. My name is Dina Nina Martinez, and I'm the founder of Lady Laughs Comedy.
2: And my name is Heather Wentler, and I am the founder of Doyenne.
1: And if you're new to the Lady Business Podcast, we talk to women entrepreneurs and women who are badass in business. Season 3 of the Lady Business Podcast is recorded in quarantine via Zoom. So some of the quality may be a little bit different than what you expect of our podcast, but hey, Desperate Times call for Zoom. You can always find us on the internet at ladybusinesspod.com.
2: On Facebook and Instagram at ladybusinesspod.
1: And always when you're sharing, liking, and subscribing, make sure that you use the hashtag LadyBusinessPod. Do you think we're a little repetitious?
2: <laughs> well, how many touch points? Seven touch points. We're good. We're good. Okay, good.
1: <laughs> also, please comment, review, and also share the Lady Business Podcast.
2: Subscribe to the Lady Business Podcast wherever you get your podcast from, including Apple Podcasts,
1: Google Podcasts,
2: Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora.
1: On this episode of the Lady Business Podcast, we talked to Holly Williams from High View Solutions.
2: I'm just going to be honest. This is so out of my wheelhouse and her company is so amazing. And she brings it down to a level talking about, you know, blockchain and how they have pivoted as a company to be able to meet consumer needs. But I was still just like, I felt I had to Google.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. I I love that it gave us a bird's eye view of what blockchain can do for companies and making seamless data exchanges through the whole process of manufacturing to provider, to
2: client. It is something that we encounter almost every single day of our lives now. And we just don't even recognize that it's all happening in the background. And that's not a bad thing.
1: So now let's get into the podcast with Holly Williams. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking to the VP of Delivery and Support for Highview, and her name is Holly Williams. Hi, Holly. Hello, everyone.
0: Welcome. Can can I make one correction? It's actually a customer success.
1: Oh, well, y'all need to change that on your website. <laughs> Let's not even go there. <laughs> some comments about that. Uh, awesome. So I am really interested and I, I want to hear from, because I was trying to read everything that y'all do and I got really, I was like, um, ED, I don't, uh, so can you tell me about <laughs> what you guys do? Electronic
0: data interchange. So the best way I can put it, it's how, let's say, you, you want to sell your lovely glasses, right? And you want to sell them to Walmart. And so you had a warehouse and you put them all together. Then you say, okay, Walmart gives you an order. And rather than them calling you or emailing you, they use it through EDI, where you send it through computer. Uh, There's different ways to transmit it, whether it's uh, SFTP. Uh, whether it's via email. We have some that still do that. Uh, That's always fun. Uh, We also, one of our, we do um, S for HANA. So it's different ways that we can transmit that, but basically it's the electronic back end of how you do business, whether you're on purchase orders, invoices, um, ship notices, all of that. That's what happens behind the scenes.
1: And I saw mention of blockchain. How does that come into play?
0: So that's something that we've recently just started with. And the good thing about the blockchain is that, let me first step back. We're new to blockchain. I'm new to blockchain. I'm learning a lot. It's like drinking from a water hose. But as I'm drinking from it (laughs) and I'm trying to grasp it, the thing that I can say most about blockchain is that it's making everyone be honest. It's allowing us to be able to say and see, okay, where did this come from? So we were going to speak at South by Southwest, and one of the examples we were going to use is coffee. So in, everyone's interested in, you know, their coffee. We want to know where everything is. Uh, sourcing, everyone wants things to be organic and to be sourced properly and responsibly. So let's say we have this, we have this uh, bean farm, coffee bean farm in California, and Jean goes and pick, that, pick those beans. She puts it in the crate. Once it hits that crate, they can have a tracking mechanism on, on it. And once they put in that tracking mechanism and we have it there locked in, that scan per se. Okay, you scan it, that can be loaded directly to our blockchain. And then from there, we're able to trace from when it's put in that crate, from the time that the, they take it to the manufacturers to the company to process it, you know, crush the beans and everything. Mm-hmm. We track it there. And then all the way to when it goes to the store, let's say it goes to Starbucks, we can say, okay, so on this date, this particular bean was picked by Gene, put, the, put on this crate process at this time and this date. And with blockchain, when all that information is, is received, rather, should I say, consumed, it cannot be changed. No one can go in and manipulate it and make it have a, uh, how can I say, skewed story. That's the cool thing about blockchain. A lot of people, when they think about blockchain these days, they automatically think about Bitcoin. Well, guess what? There's a lot more to blockchain than Bitcoin. Uh, Honestly, to this point, I have made a point to not really go down that path to learn a lot about it because there's another narrative I believe that we need to focus on. One that's not just centered around, I would say, currencies and money, but one that's really centered around how it really can change how we do business. So the way that we're using it, to me, we're helping out the little guys. Because we work with you know small companies and then we always also work with large companies. And lots of times small companies they don't have all the technology. They don't have these fancy systems. They send in their invoices, they'll call you, follow-up. Sometimes we even get mail. And but with this, with our customers, what we're doing, we get them to sell okay, yes. You can wanna go ahead and have our data inside the blockchain. And so once we do that, we have a portal. And in that portal, we set it up to have different views. You have different BI metrics reporting stuff. And so we give access to their vendors. So their vendors can go in and they can say, oh, okay, we can see our invoices. We can see how many invoices you sent this month, uh, maybe two months ago. And heaven forbid, if there is a dispute, oh, no, I said I sent this, you said that. Well, guess what? You come to our portal where everyone has agreed that this is the central source of truth. Guess what? The information is there. So I think that's something that I like, the fact that it's kind of
1: evening out the playing field. Can we employ that in politics? <laughs> sure. how it works. Sure. I, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing, like having that transparency within, um, within your relationships, business relationships. That's very key. Let's, let's talk about now that we are in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, How are you seeing it affect your company and business with the companies that you work with?
0: Okay, so one company, let's, I'll, I'll start out, then come back into our company. So one of the companies we work with, they are a company. Um, they have offices, locations in the U.S. and in Canada. And they make auto parts. And one would think that a company so large, they wouldn't have had, um, they wouldn't have felt the pain so soon, but they have. Uh, Their Canadian offices, uh, manufacturing, they had to shut down already. We were on the verge of signing a contract with them where they were gonna be using our EDI solution. And we were gonna be moving forward. We basically had to stop. And then we came back trying to be creative and we're still waiting to answer. We were like, well, how about this? You can, we will do your implementation but we won't charge you. And even with that offer, they still haven't said anything. So we're trying to find different ways to still keep business going because a lot of people they're scared, but business has to continue, plain and simple. So we're trying to find different ways to be creative, to work with them on that. So far, mm, I think we have a 60% chance with them. So we'll see. As far as internally on the day-to-day, we all work from home anyway. I'm located in Texas. Our office is in Madison, Wisconsin, where I'm obsessed with cheese curds now. Obsessed, literally. They make my day. They just make me happy. Uh, we have a couple team members. They they live alone. They're college kids. Well, recent college kids, I'll say that. And so we're just trying to make sure that we keep, keep I keep I keep a pulse on them because I understand that they're home all day. They can't go out. They can't socialize. So what we do is that we have a happy hours. On Fridays we have a happy hour. Uh twice a week we've been doing coffee time so that you know we'll do something goofy. They'll show us their pictures or whatever. Like we did what was that movie? Uh, not the movie. I'm sure you all have heard about it. The guy Joey it. that's his name, okay So we all agreed to watch An episode of Joey's so I was like, really? Guys, you really gonna make me do this? So we all, I watched The one episode, and I was like Oh my gosh, just shaking my head The entire time, but we did it Everyone laughed, they loved it I looked at it, was like Don't make me do this again But, you know, it was just something fun To break up the monotony So we're just doing goofy things like
1: that <laughs> I'm from Texas, and it made me think of my family too much, and I was like, um, "This is too real."
0: <laughs> it's funny you say that because we're, I'm in Fort Worth, I'm um, like, I'm 70 miles from Waco, so I'm right on the outskirts of Fort Worth in Burleson. So as I was, I was saying the same thing. I was like, "This is—I know what some of these places are. They look too familiar," and I one, I'm thinking this has to be fake. This has to be fake, but it wasn't.
1: All right, so you were saying that you are engaging with your staff um, by virtual happy hours and coffee chats and um, the Joe Exotic thing cracks me up. (laughs) (laughs) It's so much. Um, Do you feel like that is something that will be worked into your workflow and into the culture um, of the company going forward after we're able to gather?
0: Uh, Joe Exotic, no, he will not be invited into our culture. Good. <laughs> However, <laughs> I believe that we have a close team anyway. So I think the happy hours or the coffee time, I, I could definitely see us keeping that to make sure everyone's good and with just the way of keeping the camaraderie. That's very important to me. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that too, Absolutely. because it just plays into, not that company, along with the company culture of just like, um even though you know you hate Joe Exotic, which is fair, uh, <laughs> you're still honoring that your staff person, like this is something that's important to them and you're recognizing yeah. them as an individual too and giving them space for their autonomy within your business.
0: I'm a firm believer that if you, you, you can't have a successful company project, anything that's worthwhile that where you're working with a group of people, That if you don't take care of the people and make sure that they're okay, then you're doomed for failure, plain and simple. And it's very important through this time that our team, that our people know that we're there for them. Um, It sounds like a cliche now because so many people say you're not alone, but it's key to me because I know that they're young for one of the two gentlemen that I told you about but then we also have two interns and this has really thrown things off for them because they're having to deal with the fact that they're not going to be able to have the graduation that they wanted that they were expecting and they you know schools shut down colleges and it's it's important for me to be able to, to provide some type of stability for them so something that despite all this craziness you know we're still here we're still conducting business this has not changed so I that's something that I've been very adamant about, making sure that everyone is good. So if that means Joe Exotic, uh the next game I think I'm supposed to play, the movie we're supposed to watch is Breaking Bad, uh, then I'll have to watch some fun shows. That's what Yeah. I
2: there's definitely a category of people that work with your company.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is.
2: <laughs> very much so. Oh my gosh. There's nothing wrong with Never that. Never go think- moment. Yep, exactly. Um, but I think those are some of the creative ways that we've also seen, you know, while we are physically distancing, social distancing, ways that we're all coming together as a community. And I, I mean, like, if we were business as normal, would you have these opportunities to learn these things about your employees or your team members um, in a normal way or uh, an everyday type of occurrence? Um, Some of the things I would say no, Uh,
0: but I think that things have a way of working out the way they're supposed to, the way it's really meant to. No, none of us woke up uh, about a month or two ago going about our business and thinking that this was something that was about to happen. I mean, we all knew about it. We heard about it, but it wasn't home. It didn't hit us until a couple months ago, even though we saw it. And the fact that this has made us slow down, it's making us take a breath and also to focus on what's important. And what's important at the end of the day is the people. So that's just kind of how I see it.
1: I love that. I love that that's one of the things that we're learning out of this whole process that's horrible is that it's our people that are, are, so I used to work for a company and one of our values was people are our greatest resource. Do I think they implemented that well? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we are seeing that when we value our employees, they do a better job for us. When we learn about them, uh, we're able to grow and create a cohesive team better than before. Agreed. Agreed. Um, so. As of right now, what are you expecting and looking for during this time that we are our economies closed down for the vast majority of humans, and and uh, what are you expecting to see with your company and how you'll be able to better serve your customers through this time well, and then going past that?
0: Um, I will say this. I my thing, and I actually it was a couple of weeks ago. Mike and I talked about it. Um. I really want us to focus on how we can help be part of the solution, uh, as we're seeing on the news consistently, bombardedly. You know, the the lack of resources, the lack of management, and lack of tracking. These are all things that our company can actually help with, and not just say, "Oh yeah, come use our product." No, there are different ways that we can that we could help in some of those fronts. Uh, we've even gone as far as where we were offering our product free, you know, free for two to three months, you know, just so that you could still get business. I'm hoping that when we come out of this, that one, we've come out smarter. Uh, we've come out with our customers understanding and realizing it's not just lip service when we say that we're in that we're with you. I feel that any of our customers, I don't necessarily look at them as just customers. I look at them as partners and that their success is our success. If you're not thriving, you're having issues, then guess what? So are we. Let us roll up our sleeves and let's figure this out together. That's the one thing that I'm hoping that our customers as we're going through this, uh, especially the one I told you about a few minutes earlier about, they're having to close down different uh, manufacturing plants. I hope they take us up on our offer because it is sincere. Yes, it would help us, but at the same time, it's something that I know based on our meetings that they need this. And even though they may not financially be in a place where they can make that commitment to pay for those implementation costs, we understand that. This is not an easy time that we're going through. So let us help you. Let us let us prove to you that we're here for you, not just because you're a customer, but so that we can be partners so that we can grow together. I think
2: that's about awesome it. yeah that's awesome how is um so working from home does your husband is he working from home as well
0: luck well, yes, he is I shouldn't say luckily but right now it's been kind of slow for him because he does he does insurance adjusting. So as they have different lovely, uh, I shouldn't say lovely, tornadoes, hail damage, all that kind of stuff, he has to go. And when he's not doing that, he does personal training. So he hasn't been doing any of that. So that means that he's been, you know, wanting to do that stuff with me. And I'm just like, I don't pay you to torture me. So, yeah, I'm not doing any of that. (laughs) Uh, This was not in my mouth. (laughs) Nope, I'm not doing that so that's kind of been a little different, you know, cause I'm, he's, you know, we're in and out, he's gone, you know, doing what he needs to do with his customers. You know, they're working out pulling tires. I'm just like, you all are crazy. He's like, well, come on. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not happening.
2: Yeah. So
0: and then, it's a little different.
2: <laughs> yeah. And then with your kids home too, I mean, you're, you're all trying to figure out how do you navigate this yeah. space together? <laughs> yes. It's, um, it's, This has been, you know,
0: as a parent, it's kind of hardly for me because I want to be, I want to be the good parent. I want to make sure that I'm engaging with my kids and that I'm giving them what they need during this because this is scary for them too. But then at the same time, I realize as bad as this may sound, I can only give what I have. And sometimes that means that I have to step back from them so I can replenish so that I can give to them. My daughter is a social butterfly. So for her birthday, she turned the big 13 her heart was broken because I'm going to be a teenager and I'm not going to be able to have this elaborate party. I'm just like, Oh, God, so I knew that that was important to her. So what did I do we do threw her a virtual uh, Zoom surprise birthday party. And the big thing was that she likes her pedicure. So we did a zoom surprise party and I did her feet in front of everyone on zoom and she was just like, Oh my gosh. So I've had to step out of my comfort zone and different things that I would traditionally never would have thought about doing a Zoom surprise meeting, let alone so I can give my daughter a pedicure. Yeah, that's not happening. But it was something that I knew that she needed that would help her as you're going through this. So I'm finding different things with my son as well, where I'm having to come out of my comfort zone so that I can make sure that they're good during this time. I can't
2: remember, do your kids do sports?
0: Uh, no, my okay. son is 17. He uh, go, goes to a collegiate school. So the way they're set up, he's not, a, he's not able to do sports. And then my daughter, she doesn't, she's not sure if she wants to sprinkle or not. So I just say, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. Are they, yes. are they doing the virtual learning for you guys down there?
0: Yeah, that's a joke. I'm, no, I'm not <laughs> supposed to say that. That's such a joke. They sent us, and I didn't share this with my kids. They, the 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 school district, they sent us an email, basically saying, if your kid turns in the assignment, they'll get a they'll get a 100. If they don't, they get a 69. We don't care if it's right or wrong. I was like, really? So yeah, that's. I don't know how that's gonna work. That's um, yeah, that's. We have a lot to grow on that. Yeah, that's,
1: that's put that one. Yeah. We definitely, <laughs> our educators have been forced into a space that they weren't given the equipment for. One of my one of my real good friends teaches in Fort Worth, and she's she's like, I'm still going into classes at 9 a.m., but two or three of the kids are showing up.
0: <laughs> yeah. At what school is she at? Wow. Okay.
1: You know, I can't remember. Uh, I'm terrible friend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she, no teaches,
1: she teaches art but uh yeah i'm from your neck of the woods so
0: it's all good because yeah. they right. shut everything down last i want to say last week last friday governor abbott said that no school for the rest of the year mm. so we shall see how this happens
2: yeah ours came out about last week as well but i was also thinking about like your son's at that age where he's starting to think of, or well he has probably been thinking about but really starting to think about college and yes. ACT, SAT, or whatever, you know, required. They're to have. Yep. They're, they're
0: pushing all those things off. They're putting them off. Uh, we're getting emails like every last week I received the email. They're putting that off. Uh, they haven't come back and told us when a new date is going to be. They're even considering doing it where he could do it at home online. Uh, so it's just a day by day. We will see how that works. Yeah. He's more concerned about getting his license than about his SAT, <laughs> to be honest.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's, how does he CBS do that? Close here. That's the other one. Well, so how are you supposed to get your instructor hours? Well, luckily, he had his instructor hours. What was so okay. sad, though,
0: literally the week that they shut down that Friday, he was supposed to go that Saturday morning. <laughs> so, poor kid. Uh, he didn't get to do it. So, that sucks. I, <laughs> It tell me about it. So he still drives me. I'll let him drive me and I pray. I do a lot of praying while I'm driving and like, okay, mom, I'm ready. And was like, mm, no, not so much, not so much. It's a work in progress. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to put it. <laughs> uh,
1: so let's go. I'm curious about as a woman who's on a leadership team for a company, how, mm-hmm have you been able to um, inform and bring in uh, how we function as as women and the way we think how have you been able to impact your the company culture and the way you do business
0: interesting question <laughs> um, I would say uh, let me step back before I answer that question because this it's, it's kind of it's like an onion for me with this one fair and the reason why i say that is because i was in the military and when i was in the military i was in, I was in two all-male units and so me being in environments where i'm the only female i'm i'm pretty much used to that uh and then when i got out the military going into the it i just that's just the norm i'm a unicorn and i realized that one, you're not going to see too many females in IT, and two, you're not going to see many Black females in IT. You just do not see that. And what I've learned from that and how I use that is lots of times, I hate to say it, a lot of decisions are made and they're very biased. And when I say biased, mm-hmm. biased on your experiences, it's biased on what your reality is. Mm-hmm. And on some of my projects, I've had to have some interesting conversations when there were men uh, that were making decisions, and you know about how they felt things would work. Things should be on a larger scale, and it was very with a narrow view. So I think the fact that I am that unicorn, I make it a point to use my voice to point out the diversities. Matter of fact, I had this discussion just last week with um, with our leadership team in regards to how they've done with the the pay t- pay, Paycheck Protection Act. Uh, I know different women, you know, different people, period of all races that, you know, that said, you know, talking about how they applied for the SBA loans and how they were saying they were, you know, disqualified or they were rejected. And my question to each and every one was why? And and no one could give me a concrete answer. However, we submitted for the same thing. And Mike got the information. He was able to keep everything going. Short version. We were able to get it. We were approved. And that was strictly because we had a relationship, a direct relationship with our bank. And I'm not talking about the relationship where they know you or they know your business, but no, he had that very close knit relationship with them. And because of that, he was able to leverage that and he was able to get those funds where it is other people were not able to get that. And that just really kind of rubbed me the wrong way that Mm -hmm. businesses consistently, if you do not look a certain way, or you don't have certain relationships, then sometimes you're pushed on the back burner. Now on the flip side of that, by him having that he was able to help out another company, you know, by talking to them. Well, yeah, we know this person. And so that way they were able to move up in the line, but had that personal relationship not been there, then it wouldn't have happened. So I found that um, very annoying. That's the best way to put it. And just really echoed to me even more so how important it is that we have to have more people that look like us speak up and that it can't just everything be guided by a certain view and what they do things and how they look at it.
2: It feels so much like those implicit biases that we all claim we don't have. Um, <laughs> they come out in just a variety of different ways. I know like, so last year we were awarding um, grants to companies and three of our companies, they were um, African-American or black women owned businesses. And where I later found out it was all the same bank, but all three of them called me and they're like, Heather, I can't cash my check. I'm like, what do you mean you can't cash your check? Like I went to the bank. They said they need to talk to you and that you need to send them an email verifying that you wrote them, that you wrote me a check. And I'm like, are you effing kidding me right now? And so by the third time I called the bank for the third person, I was like, are you know, I just kind of called out. I'm like, this is a racist move that you're doing right now, ma'am. No, it's wow. not. We like everybody. And I'm like, no. Why are you doing this? And I like, Well, it's because she's never deposited a check this for this much money before. And she doesn't have this much money in her bank account. So it's like double her bank account. Wow. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And I, and so, I, I, so I'm just letting you know that this is what my organization does. And we will be telling people not to bank with you. <laughs> and they're like, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like this is an organizational problem. But yeah, it does come down to, I tell people like you should interview or date your bankers, your lawyers, your account keepers, all of your service providers. Because if you don't feel like you can be open, honest, vulnerable, and just upfront with them, when shit gets real, it's going to be even harder to get through stuff.
0: Yes, it is. And this is a perfect example. We're going through that now. Yeah.
2: So what would you say... What would you say
1: to uh, small business owners that don't have a cisgender, heteronormative, white male advocate when they're trying to get funding? What would you say to them? How would you say that they approach it?
0: You know, that's something that I've been thinking about, honestly. And from the perspective of, one, I'm not going to stereotype people, but a lot of when a lot of people feel that as long as I do my job, I do the work, I shouldn't have to socialize and do all the schmoozing. And for the most part of my career, my adult life, I can say that I felt that as well. And no, it's not right. No, it's not fair, but it's reality. You have to advocate for yourself. You have to advocate for your company. And part of that advocating means that you have to step out of what you your quote unquote norm. Your quote unquote norm is focusing on your business, doing your job, making sure that your direct customers good. You're taking care of everything on the business front. But guess what? You have to go beyond that. And part of that, that I know hands down now this is confirmed, that means you have to build those relationships. The relationships will make or break you. This has been a perfect example with the SBA. If you do not have a relationship with your bank, with your credit unions, guess what? You're out of luck. And it is your responsibility to build those relationships. No one else can build that. Now, yes, I'm lucky that I have someone I'm working with that he's built those relationships. However, I realize I'm not delusional at all that I have to be able to do that as well. I have to be able to advocate and use my own voice so that if he isn't around, they still know who Kali is. So the relationship is just not built around him. And I will tell any female, not just female, any, any brown, black, white, purple person that you have to advocate for yourself. You have to step out. You have to understand relationships are important if you are going to be successful, because if not I hate to say what just happened the past couple weeks and 14 days, how all those loans were given out to the big companies, the people who have relationships, and the people who really need it, they missed out. Why? Because they didn't have that relationship. You know why? Because they were focused on just taking care of their business, and that they didn't realize that little loophole right there, that that's part of their business, and a lot of people don't know that. And my thing is, with talking within my circle, I make it a point to point those things out. You have to build those relationships, relationships, relationships advocate for yourself because no one else will
2: i think the other one is also just like uh, i don't this is probably not the right term but like standing your ground around it as well so i was actually talking to an entrepreneur earlier today and they're like well i'm always perceived as too bossy or bitchy if i and i'm like you're not being oh. bossy or bitchy by having standards and setting your boundaries It that's on them um but it's trying to figure out how to navigate that
0: well, I think that 's going to be different based on each room you go into because yeah. you the way that I communicate and I work with one group of guys will be completely different the way I will work with someone else you have to it has to be almost an art form and you have to be very consistent at keeping up with how you communicate with people. you have to pick up those vibes you have to understand the cues you have to pay attention. To those little cues that a lot of people just kind of disregard, but those are the key things that help you build those relationships. And a lot of people don't want to do that; they don't feel that. Oh, I don't want to have to, you know, schmooze or have that cocktail, and they don't understand it's not about that. It's about the relationship building. You just kind of. I don't like it. I'm very bad at small talk. I'm the worst person yes. in the world. <laughs> so, when I have to. I will. <laughs>
2: We can talk about the weather all day long if we really have to. I think the other one. Is, so and I've heard this one as well. Is um, and I'm always like, please don't do this anymore. Uh, so when they don't have that white male or that person that people are looking for that they want to see in the leadership, the Mister whatever, they will just mm-hmm. make them up. So I've seen. I've talked to entrepreneurs who are like, I don't have a man in my company, but I just pretend I have a Ted. And Ted sends emails when people won't take me seriously because Ted can get shit done. <laughs> I'm like, That's I'm a problem. That. Yeah. <laughs> I and I've asked, had to do well, that
1: too. There were, there were certain situations where I've had to like a guy was not taking me seriously and I sent an email from uh, a, my Ted, uh, not really Ted, but, and Immediately. And then I'll put on a deeper voice. Hey, this is Bob from uh, accounting with uh, lady Left's comedy. You know, like there wow. is, it's so cra- <laughs> Thanks. I'm an actor too. <laughs> um, I, I find it so fascinating because I've heard this from not only one person, not only me, but other people who are women entrepreneurs, like my friend, owns a bakery. And she had to send her husband to do some stuff. And she's like, I said the exact same things. And this guy wasn't listening to me. But I sent my husband who doesn't even know my business to do it and immediately got a result. So it's crazy.
0: Can I throw one more twist at you on that one? Throw it where I talk people. Okay, so lots of times, uh, When people see me, when they see my name, they automatically think that I'm a white woman. And I've walked into many a room and they've seen that, oh, Holly Williams is a black woman. And they have been very shocked. So it goes deeper than just, you know, them saying that, oh, it's a male or it's a female. They also discriminate based on the name. Yeah, totally. I've seen that.
2: There's a lot of studies around that. And again, it goes back to that implicit bias of like, does this name look like someone? You know, they'll look at they'll look at applications and just judge it on names and that's come out from college admissions through job job boards. Well you, funny but not funny.
0: This just happened last week and my poor guys, oh my gosh, two days they talked about this. I showed them a picture of one of our um, resources, right? He's a contractor for us. And he's he's our EDI Yoda. He's been doing EDI at least twenty something years. And our two guys, they're, you know, relatively young, both of them, and they're not even 30. So for some reason, I ended up showing them a picture of him. And they freaked out, literally. They freaked out. I was like, he said, oh, no. I said, what do you mean, oh, no? He's like, this is not what I envisioned for him. I said, well, what did you envision? Well, he was going to be old and and cranky, and and I said, in white, he was like, yeah. And he's not white. I said, he's black. He said, yeah, that messed my head up. He actually said that. And the very next day, I thought we were done with this discussion. He came. And he said, Holly, I'm still messed up over how Daryl looks. It doesn't match what's in my head. <laughs> <laughs> Just last week. So yeah, <laughs> it's interesting.
2: Yeah.
1: It I is definitely. Very I've definitely had that same kind of situation where I was working with a a headhunter to look for a job uh, several years back and they go, and I'm white, but my last name is Martinez. And they're like, you're going to have to put that you're a citizen on your resume or people are going to not even look at it. And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it's really insane. (laughs) Well, that's just,
2: sorry.
1: Go ahead. But no worries. So not only are we um, battling sexism and and racism and trans and queer phobia, we're just trying to make a living and all of these biases pop up. So as far as a company, how do you guys try to mitigate it? Those kind of situations when you come into when they come into play?
0: Honestly, they we haven't really had too many situations where it comes into play. I'm I'm lucky that I work with some awesome guys, and they have, they are around strong women all the time. They're surrounded by it. And they really, they don't, they choose not to look at the color. They choose to focus on our mission and what we're doing. And if there's any slight, in the slightest way, hesitation, they don't hesitate to speak up at all. They... They do not hesitate to speak up at all. Luckily, we haven't really had any situations where anything has happened or where anything has been said. But um, yes, we're good in that regard. I honestly cannot think of one scenario where we've been where a race or gender or anything has come up. And if it would come up, then we would have no problem with dealing with it, none at all.
2: I think it's definitely... um... Okay, my millennials going to show big time because I'm going to say I think it is some generational stuff that we're seeing, you know, how it's changing within the different generations and what's acceptable. And we're still always going to have issues. Like pe- people ask me, like, what will happen one day when Doyen's no longer needed? And I'm like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> <laughs> like, even if we hit, you know, everybody the... We fill the wage gap. That doesn't mean there still isn't going to be gender issues that need to be addressed. So I think I'm secured oh. in my job.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's going anywhere at all. Sad but true. Yeah,
2: but I do see. I see when I talk to the kids, um, that just the 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 changes that we're seeing, and I think that there's is, it is because people are talking more about it, and they're also um, It's more in the front around we need to be modeling we need to put and create situations where people that um, look different than us are seen in these roles so that we don't continue to just see white men or white women in these positions uh, to be able to create more change to happen couldn't agree more ma'am
0: could (laughs) not agree more
1: Uh, Holly, it has been such a pleasure to have you today. Um, Can you tell us how people can find your company and where they can find you in the socials? Okay, so
0: you can find us at Hello High View. That is our site, Um, our lovely site. We went through a name change. So we've been having our identity crisis, but I think we're settled now. So we are Hello High View. Uh, You can also find us on LinkedIn. Uh, you will see us under once again. You can look up Hello, Highview, and then you can also find me on LinkedIn, Holly Williams. Uh, you can also find Mike Crisales. Uh he's the CEO and founder of Highview. Very wonderful man, very insightful. Uh, cannot say enough good things about him. His thing is wanting to be able to equalize things and let it be known that the little guys can show up and take care of business. And he focuses on the fact that. Our customers are not just our customers; they're our partners, and that if we work together, we can all be successful. So, can't say enough good things about him and about our company. Uh, so, yeah, and also I think uh, we have an see, see that she get it set up. We also have an Instagram page. You can find us on Instagram. Instagram handle. I know I'm showing that I'm not a millennial because I probably said that incorrectly. pull put up.
2: All, your kids will tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. She, my daughter, thrives <laughs> on things like that. Mom, that is not what that is. It's like, okay. Uh, Hello, High View Solutions. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Hello, High View.
2: Awesome.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you, Holly.
0: Thank you all for having me. This was fun. This was fun.
2: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lady Business Podcast. Please make sure to go and like our pages on Facebook and Instagram at Pod, and head on over to our website, LadyBusinessPod.com. And
1: you can always subscribe to us and like us. And oh, make sure to review our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora. And you can always ask Alexa to play the Lady Business Pod on Apple Podcasts.